So I have this friend. His name is Andy. I'm not going to tell you his last name, but I'll just call him Andy A. And if there was literally a contest for the most interesting man in the world, I think Andy would be a great competitor. As a matter of fact, I think he'd be in the top five. He has interest levels that are broad, but not just broad. It goes really, really deep with him. When he begins to talk about something of his interest, I am astounded by the knowledge he has about that particular subject. It's really quite impressive. And as I said, he's in some ways a Renaissance man who has many interests, but all of them he seems to take to the fullest degree of understanding. Now, one of the things that Andy's very interested in, apples, not just apples, but apple trees. And he'll begin to talk to me about this issue of apples and seeds and trees and uh, orchards, and I'm astounded. It's, it's like listening to uh, a Kindle describing from a dictionary or from an encyclopedia all the various aspects of apples, their crispness, how to test them, the level of starch, the level of sugar, and also how to separate, separate out seeds to be able to find the best seeds. I'm telling you, this guy is really, really interesting. I love being around him. Now, I want you to simply imagine something. I, I don't have any background knowledge about seeds and apples. I know the apples I like and ones that I don't think are as tasty. But I want to talk about seeds for just a moment. What's going to happen if you would take two identical seeds and you take one and you plant it in the rich loam of, say, Washington or Michigan or Pennsylvania, some of the greatest apple-producing states? And you put that seed in that soil. And you take the other seed and you go down into the desert of Arizona and you plant the seed there. What do you think the outcome is going to be? Well, look, it's not going to take <laughs> someone with Andy's level of understanding to suggest that you're not going to have not just the harvest, but the production no matter how great the seed is, if you plant it in that sandy soil of Arizona, as opposed to the rich loam of upstate New York. Now, why am I going there? Because I want you to think for just a few moments of seeds as people. People made in the image of God people that have been instilled with wonder, people that have all kinds of potentialities. Do you think it's possible that where that person ends up being nurtured and rooted can have an impact on their lives? I, I know you're, you're going to say absolutely, and you're right. It does impact a life. If you take a human being made in the image of God, planted in a community of people that live by the virtues and values of the kingdom, 
who are nurturing and giving, who see that person, who keep that person safe, who soothe them when they are hurting and who make sure they know they are secure in their embrace, that life, that seed, if you will, is going to grow into something special. But I would argue if you take the same quality of a seed and they end up being planted in a place that not only does not nurture them, but wounds them. Not only doesn't see them, but ignores them. Not only doesn't soothe them, but wounds them. You're going to find a very different outcome when you look at this person's life. Now, there's a reason I'm going down this path, and it has to do with the way we look at people that we do not think, um, if you will, measure up, or whose lives are in some way compromised. Maybe we would even say they, they didn't turn out to be productive or moral or ethical people. And I think there can be a tendency for us to begin to judge them. But let's back up one minute and ask the question, to what degree are we seeing the result of the context in which they were planted? I, I think this is an important question. You know, years ago, I believe it was Kaiser Permanente, this medical group that did a study, and they came up with this little acronym, ACE, Adverse Childhood Experiences. And they were looking at people, adults, who were suffering from physical and psychological, emotional issues, and looking back into their lives to see, if you will, where were they planted? What happened to them when they were children? Did they have adverse childhood experiences that had a profound effect on the way they were nurtured, the way they were developed, the way they moved forward into life? Now, there's several responses that we can make to this, this thought. One is it may give us understanding as to some of the dynamics of how we turned out the way we did whether it's strength or weakness, gifting, or in some ways, debilities. You see, there's a relationship between those things. And I know that for many of us, we immediately take the responsibility of that and we put it back on ourselves. And it is our responsibility, but it isn't necessarily our fault because where we ended up being nurtured or not, encouraged or not, protected or not, seen or not, can greatly impact, if you will, the fruit of our lives. There are some people that they're, they're trying to be raised up in the Arizona desert, while others... They were planted in a rich loam in their home and in their community. Now, this should help us understand ourselves, but it should also help us understand the people we see, the people around us, 
and maybe, just maybe, have a deeper level of compassion, but also a willingness to do a little bit of investing. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you a parable that our Lord Jesus told, and it's found in chapter 13 of the book of Luke. And he said this, A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but he didn't find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it. I'll fertilize it. Let's inspect it then. If it bears fruit, great. If not, well, then I'll cut it down. You see, this is a parable that Jesus is telling that has a lot to do with the whole idea of being planted in the right place, and that even a great seed planted in the wrong place might not produce what we think it should. And in the parable, Jesus says, there needs to be somebody that's willing to say, I'm going to spend a little extra time in that, if you will, unproductive fig tree. Or let's say it, for that wounded, broken person. I want to see there's, if there's ways I can nurture them. I can help them. I can encourage them. I can provide for them, if you will, the nutrients that they need to have a better shot at life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That it goes up way short when we have an evaluation of ourselves or of other people that don't take into consideration some of the dynamics of where we were raised, how we were raised, what the experiences of our life were when we were early children, and the impact that that's had on the way we're doing life today. And not only do we look at ourselves that way, but it would seem that Scripture is saying we should look at others that way and not be so quick to give up on them. Pray for them. Befriend them. Look for ways to see them. To help them feel safe, valued, secure. And the suggestion is that if we are willing to do that, we may find that in a short period of time, life begins to spring up. Oh, there there may still be a long way to go, but things will begin to change. There'll be a new vitality, if you will, to the life, a new fruitfulness to the life. It is so easy for me, probably for others, to take on a posture of judgment when I see in myself or I see other people that I do not think in some way measure up. 
am I willing to consider that it might just be that they didn't receive the nurture, the love, the cultivation, the protection that would have given them the best opportunity to live by the virtues and values of the kingdom of God and to be fruitful. And if that is the case, what can I do to somehow invest in those lives? Even in the smallest of ways, just like the parable, don't give up on it. Don't cut it down right away. Dig around it. Fertilize it. Nurture it. Attend it. And then ask the question, are we seeing any change? Who are you cultivating? Maybe that's an important question for me to ask myself. Who am I cultivating? Who am I helping? Remember, our Lord, he has a heart for the lost and a heart for the broken. But his heart translates into action as he seeks them out as he embraces them, as he invests in them, so that they can experience new life. Maybe that's a good word for us today. Let's learn to cultivate. And let's see what God can do.